are listening to Young Life Interrupted, a podcast dedicated to 20 to 40-something caregivers. I'm your host, Adrian Glussman, change maker and professional speaker on the topic of millennial caregiving and a former caregiver to my mom who battled multiple system atrophy. I'm a former corporate gal turned entrepreneur with a passion for filling a huge need I saw during my 10-year care journey that finding your tribe and connecting with them regularly is essential, and that resources exist for caregivers, but not tailored specifically to young ones. I help young caregivers find community and connection to support them through every step of their care journey. Now, I'm ready to share stories, insights, and tips with you here week after week. Caregiving at our age is your unfair advantage. So if you're looking for support, you're in the right place. Let's kickstart today's episode. Welcome, welcome to the first official episode of Young Life Interrupted, the first podcast dedicated to young caregivers. Because there are so many of you out there in the world, and it's time to share your stories and experiences and be heard. Because there is such a common theme and similar sentiments, I guarantee you'll be nodding your head like, OMG, yes, I've been through that, or have thought that, or felt that, or think, wait a minute, is he or she in my head? Because this is what I needed to hear today. Since 2019, I've been sharing my story on Instagram. And there have been countless times when someone replies, yes, that's me, or sends me a direct message saying how close to home my post hit. So if you didn't get to catch the first episode, which was the teaser, I hope you'll go back and listen. It will give you an overview of the why behind creating this podcast, what you can expect from tuning in every week, and some storytelling to fill you in on my care journey. You guys, I am seriously so pumped that my procrastinating self finally got this podcast off the ground and into reality. As a side note, I am a major procrastinator with everything in life. It's just who I am. It's almost like I love torturing myself with last minute fires that could have been avoided or something. I'm sure it's a deeper-rooted issue, but we'll talk about that in another episode. So today, I wanted to kick off the podcast talking about a pivotal milestone in my care journey that I like to call coming out of the caregiver closet, aka when I finally started self-identifying as a caregiver and a light bulb went on that said, um, Adrian, hey, wait a minute. Maybe there are others like you going through this same thing. You've Googled everything else under the sun. Newsflash, why don't you Google young caregiver or millennial caregiver and just see what comes up? Honestly, I don't even remember if I used the word caregiver at that point. I don't even know if I had heard of the word caregiver. It just wasn't part of my late 20s vernacular that solely consisted of Work, friends, fun, dinner and drinks, events, travel, dating, college football, and the list goes on. But first, let's take a few steps back. 
So in my journey, the quote takeover didn't happen all at once. When mom was initially diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, which was later re-diagnosed as multiple system atrophy, I started taking things off of her plate one thing at a time. First and foremost, getting access to her financials so I could start paying her bills. Remember a time when the only thing that existed other than a credit card was a bona fide checkbook? Yep, my mom was paper trail all the way. Then our financial advisor suggested that we get the ball rolling on making me mom's power of attorney, which then led to getting my name on her bank accounts and getting a grasp on what I needed to do to ensure things were getting paid and mom was staying afloat. I was still living in New York City at this point, so it was totally manageable for me to do all of this from a distance. To be perfectly honest, I thought, well, I'm her daughter her only child. So this is what I will do to help her, plain and simple. My mom was always there for me, dedicated everything to me. So it was only natural I would be there for her. As mom's disease progressed, like all of you, it wasn't just taking on the financials project, which was a big one. Now I was starting to look into life alerts, home health agencies, find out more about who her doctors were and what types of different medications she was on, research senior living communities and other assistive devices, and ramp up my daily calls to her from just one in the morning, maybe in the evening, depending on if we could connect, because more often than not after work, I was out on the town to having her check in with me at different times throughout the day, so... I knew she was okay. Yet still, I was not a caregiver. So let's fast forward to 2015, which is the year that I left my decade-long life in New York City and made the decision to move back to Florida to support mom as long-distance caregiving was just no longer an option. I remember randomly one day going to Google and doing a search for young caregivers or whatever it was I used to describe what I was. The search terms didn't pull up too much at the time, but what they did show me was that the term young or millennial was associated with the term caregiver. So by putting one and one together, though math was not my best subject, I was, wait a minute, a young caregiver? Whoa, 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 hold up. A caregiver is someone in their 50s, 60s, 70s, not a thriving early 30-something. Though I was super young when they were alive, I have memories of going to my grandparents' nursing home multiple times a week so my mom could be with them, take care of them, etc. But caregiver? No, mom was just the child that lives close by, so she is taking care of them. I mean, seeing your parents care for their parents, did you feel the same way? Maybe I didn't self-identify as a caregiver because I consider myself a strong, independent woman and convinced myself I could not only figure everything out on my own, but also deal with the roller coaster of emotions that accompanied it all on my own. Or maybe it's because I didn't realize how many other young caregivers existed, or 
Maybe it's because none of the medical professionals or individuals I came into contact with in setting up and maintaining my mom's care ever saw me as a caregiver because I was so young. So they didn't even ask if I was okay or bothered to tell me where I could turn to for caregiving resources. But here I was realizing I was now adding a new title to my name, Adrian Glussman, daughter, granddaughter, niece, cousin, friend, coworker, dance buddy, caregiver. But then I grappled with this newfound identity, and I'm not, I know I'm not the only one who has these thoughts, as I've heard it from others in my Facebook group. I used to think, well, I'm not living under the same roof as my mom and caring for her 24-7. I'm not a caregiver like others I know. I have no right to consider myself one. Caregivers are round-the-clock type help. I even felt bad saying I was a caregiver, because I would constantly compare my journey to other young caregivers in the Facebook group I joined and think, oh, Adrian, quit your complaining. So many others seriously have it much worse than you. You get to come home to your apartment every night. You have some free time for yourself. Mom lives in assisted living and has private duty aides to help out so that you can work and have some semblance of a life. Caregivers are in the trenches, have little help, and absolutely no time for themselves. But then why was I feeling the isolation, stress, anxiety, confusion, anger, frustration, and all of the other feelings that accompany helping or caregiving for someone you love? Come on, Adrian. No two stories are alike. And you can't discredit yourself because of your specific situation. You are and will continue to be a caregiver. Okay, so now this word caregiver came into the mix. I was mom's caregiver. Hmm. I clearly recall when I came out of the caregiving closet, I was immersing myself in doing research on caregivers, looking for support groups and resources for young caregivers, and starting to make some connections. Maybe it was the universe saying, wow, how many times did I have to knock you upside the head to get you to finally acknowledge your reality? So one thing led to another, and I made a connection with a woman named Anne Tomlinson, who does amazing work in the healthcare field but also founded daughterhood circles around the country. The circles are small groups that get together regularly to hang out, relax, and help each other navigate caring for aging loved ones. Anne wanted to hear more of my story to get to know me better. My story? Okay, well, I guess it's like when you would have to introduce yourself in school or extracurricular activities and tell everyone a little bit about yourself. My story still contained the, hi, I'm Adrian. I'm an only child. I have a passion for dance and wanted to dance on Broadway, blah, 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 to, hi, I'm Adrian. I'm in my 30s and I'm the sole caregiver for my mom. I'd never shared my caregiving story before with anyone really. 
not even my close friends. Then the next thing I knew, I was doing an interview for the Wall Street Journal, the reporter of which was doing a feature story on millennial caregivers. I was so nervous to fully tell my story and answer questions about the realities and complexities of being a millennial caregiver. As a result of that article, I started being asked to speak at conferences and on panels and on podcasts, all to share my experience as a millennial caregiver. Why? Because storytelling is so powerful and because people need to know that we are in the middle of a giant societal change. Well, it was out there, articles and podcasts and conference recordings of me, Adrian, referring to myself as a caregiver. And let me tell you, that self-identification is the best thing I could have ever done for myself in my 10-year care journey. It allowed me the opportunities to share my story, meet and connect with other young caregivers, a lot who were going through similar journeys, and be more open and transparent with my coworkers, family, and friends. It actually allowed me to muster up the courage to start my Instagram account in 2019 to share my care journey. Talk about being vulnerable and raw. Now, my caregiving baggage was on full blast. But guess what? Coming out of the caregiver closet Finally, self-identifying as a caregiver is exactly what I needed. Starting to talk about what I was going through with other young caregivers, venting, sharing my realities, asking questions, feeling validated, all of it. I see so many of you hold back from posting your own struggles and caregiving successes in my Facebook group. I know you're lurking, and trust me, that is totally okay. To be honest, when I first joined a Facebook group for young caregivers, I did the exact same thing. But let me tell you, when you muster up the courage, and trust me, you will, when you feel like you've found that safe space, that tribe of people who just get you and will fully embrace and accept anything you need to talk about and get off your chest, your world will start to shift a bit. No, of course you can't change the realities of your caregiving situation. You can't undo a disease. You can't push pause on time or have a million dollars fall from the sky to help support you financially. But you can serve yourself. You can talk about it. You can say loud and proud, hey, I'm a caregiver. Yeah, it effing sucks. I didn't ask for this. I didn't think I could handle it. And most days, I can't. But I'm here, and I need support, and I'm ready to come out of the caregiver closet too. So here is my challenge to you. If you are in any caregiver support groups on Facebook, but haven't introduced yourself and shared a little of your story, just do it. What do you have to lose? In fact, I'd love if you hopped into my Facebook group, Young Life Interrupted, and did just that. No, it doesn't have to be your whole life story, but you know what? It's okay if it is. 
just take that first step. And if you do feel comfortable with posting in groups and sharing what you're going through, I strongly encourage you to do it more, to share more so you can get it off your chest so others can relate and provide helpful answers and ideas. And also, I would love if you started commenting more so others who muster up the courage to share will feel validated, seen, and supported. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Young Life Interrupted. Be sure to subscribe to the show, and while you are there, leave a rating and review. I read each and every one and love hearing from you. And if you're ready to connect with your tribe of fellow young caregivers who can do for you what friends and family just can't and fully get what you're going through, come join us over in the Young Life Interrupted group on Facebook. See you here again next week. Until then, keep finding those silver linings and celebrate the small wins.